This is the Retirement Solution Podcast with financial advisor John Hicks, founder of J. Hagen Capital. And I'm Heather Branch here with John talking about ways to help you better prepare for your financial future. RetirementSolutionRadio.com is where you can go to begin your conversation with John and his team at J. Hagen Capital. Again, that's RetirementSolutionRadio.com. You guys recently went through a move in the past few months. So have you gotten your cool guitars and pictures and everything hung up on the office walls yet, John? A lot of them. You know, a lot of them are still up. So we're still trying to find out a couple little areas, you know, because some aesthetic. Yeah. Um, And then I think right now we have about like 23 guitars from people that have been on the show or Uh, things like that over the years. And I still think I have about 11 or 12 in my basement. Oh, you got to get those up. They're so cool to see. I know. This is such a fun part of of the work you do and being here on the radio and getting to interview all different kinds of cool folks in the business, the music business, because you, financial advisor by day, uh, amateur musician by (laughs) night, Oh, you wow. love playing that. guitar and singing and doing all the things. I think I would have been, you know, in another life or maybe when I pseudo retire one day, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. 40 years from now. Yeah. Um, I think that I would be an okay producer. Okay. Like ahead. there's things that like I hear ear. from songs. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, man, why, why would they do the bass like that? Or why would yeah, they do yeah. the hi-hat like that? It would be much more melodic or much more whatever if they did this. So maybe I'm not, I'm not really that talented about playing an instrument, well, but I think that I have an ear for it. That's, that's what I was going to say. You know, everybody's got their place in all different kinds of areas of the world world. Uh, let's talk about musicians and their place in this world. Because I made mention of you real quick before we came on the air today, the idea I was like, have you heard about this Taylor Swift concert tour effect on our economy? And you were like, what? And I was like, hang on, we got to go on the air. I'll tell you when we're on the radio. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, you haven't told me yet. The so. Taylor Swift effect is so real. Even the Federal Reserve is acknowledging it because <laughs> You know, you've seen the headlines of people falling over dead, crying hysterically because they didn't get their Taylor tickets this summer. Sure. I mean, I actually saw a video this past week. My wife brought it to my attention. Yeah. An entire plane, Southwest plane, an entire Southwest plane. They were all Swifties um, and they're all flying into some destination. They're all singing one of these songs. Is that it? That's and I the shall one. provide, my sir. That, that is the one. That's exactly what she showed me. I'm like, what are we listening to? What is this yeah. nonsense? Uh-huh. Like, how many people were ticked off on that flight? And oh, then no. they were like, she was like, none. They like, they were all, all going there. They were yeah. all going. All right. So here's the deal with the Taylor Swift Eras tour this summer. Not only is it selling out, but there are estimates that it could generate $4.6 billion in U.S. consumer spending. So you think about it. It's not just the tickets. It's the travel. It's the hotel. Yeah. It's the restaurants. It's the merchandise. One one, one 30-year-old mm-hmm. young lady. Larger than the gross domestic product of 35 countries. There you that go. that evens out too. And so I think this is proof. This is why capitalism is really quite good. Because yeah. every one of us have the ability, if we can write things or do things or create things, we all have the ability to do that in this country. As long as the government doesn't confiscate it all, right? I do mm-hmm. find it interesting, though, that the Fed has already made comment. And I wonder if she's <laughs> going to be audited. <laughs> Right. This upcoming year oh, on anything. I think, I, I think they should just go, thank you, Mrs. Swift. Thank you so much Seriously. for what you've done for our country. We, we, you have no idea the amount of GDP that you have created from your abilities. Uh, and of course, all of her ex-boyfriend's demise. Uh, but it's okay. What was it's the okay. TV show once a long time ago? Save the cheerleader, save the world. It's like this oh, yeah, is like uh, heroes. It, right. Okay. So oh it's like gosh, buy Taylor Swift fast. tickets, save the American economy. That's it. Save the cheerleader, <laughs> save the world, buy, buy Taylor Swift tickets, save the economy. You brought up her age yeah. a second ago. I just Googled she is 30. 
33 years old. 33? So I'm okay. just thinking to myself, you think about 33 and how young that is in life and how much more she probably has to give and offer in the world of music and records sure. and touring. Because she just strikes me as the kind of person that will work for, like a Dolly Parton type. She will work forever. Well, we haven't seen any cracks in her abilities, mm-hmm. right? And she's mm-hmm. 33, so you could, mm-hmm. you know, you could arguably say maybe she's even getting to the peak. She may not even be at the peak, right? Because now she has different life experiences, That's different right. world experiences, different emotions to sing about, different things as she evolves over time. You know, I think that Madonna uh, was not at her peak when she was 33. Janet Jackson, you'd have right, to, right, you'd right, have to right. go back and look. Okay. And I'm just using strong ladies. Yeah. But the idea is to me is that man, she could have a long way to go. But I don't know. She doesn't strike me as the person. That's going to retire. Right. I mean, Cher was still touring until she's not still, that long ago. I, I Maybe she still is. She's still working and doing some things. Does I she mean, still have a residence in like Vegas or something? I, she still has like one of those Vegas residencies maybe, once a month at like maybe. the MGM or something like that. I I think so. I can't yeah. say for sure. So don't 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 call us <laughs> yelling at yeah, us. I know. Go, we may right. be wrong on that. We'll have to fact check that. One. Well, let's think about our longevity and how we think about our working lives in those years because many Americans are planning to work longer and Mm. I will say I'm of this camp they don't think they're financially ready for retirement but I I do feel that I will work even into my retirement years I just like to work this new survey by Transamerica shows 55 percent plan to work after they retire and 15% mm. expect their primary source of retirement income to come from working so okay. that's even while they're working so here's Carrie Hannon with Yahoo Finance the number one reason people say that they plan to work in retirement in some fashion is because they're concerned about social security not being enough the second reason is because they're worried they're not going to have enough income enough savings in order to support their lifestyle in a comfortable way and the third reason is to pay for health expenses which you and i know is going to be a huge ticket item as people grow older i think i go mm. i just go back to the idea of longevity again if you retire yeah. at 65 there's a good shot you're going to live into your 90s so yeah i mean it's crazy when you think about it and yeah. one of the things that carrie just said was hey you know social security may not be enough for a lot of these folks they're, they're relying on it too much they yeah. might need more income yeah but guys let's think about it when you go back to the 1930s when uh, fdr basically signed the bill that created social security mm-hmm. They actually used 65 as the date for retirement for, to start getting money from Social Security. Right. But the average life expectancy was 62. Right. So they were basically like, this is longevity insurance that yep. basically that the government's going to give you, which is kind of crazy when you think about that. So I see people all the time that come in the office and they're perplexed. They're like, John, I don't know. I might just keep working just because I, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, we can fix that. Okay. But so, Heather, over the years, I found out there's essentially four things that people are freaked out about uh, at any given moment of their life when they're trying to figure out, you know, if they can retire. And a lot of people just they want to kick the can a little bit because they haven't figured it out yet. Okay. But so here's what I would say. Some folks, they're trying to figure out the money. Hey, am I going to have enough? Okay. That's the first and primary thing that some people think. I just don't know if I've saved enough, John. You know, I've got, you know, $618,000, but when I read all this stuff out there, I don't know if that's enough money, right? Mm-hmm. So some people are trying to figure out the money. Now, some other folks are trying to figure out their time. What are they going to do? They can't play golf six days a week, seven days a week. You know, they don't want to. They love their grandkids, but yeah. their grandkids are sticky all the time. <laughs> and they mess up your stuff. They, they reset your DVR. Oh, they yeah. do all these terrible things. Do people still use DVRs? I don't even know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, yeah, they have the recording on the cable box. It's not TiVo, yeah, but same yeah, difference. Got yeah. it. Uh-huh. So people, you know, people love their grandkids, but five, six days a week is a little bit too much. Or And, and a lot of the time for gentlemen. You know, we, we kind of have defined ourselves with a lot of our occupations. Yeah. And if we hung it up, we don't really know how much fishing or golfing or, or tinkering in the garage that we do. Now, other people have no problem with that. Yeah. 
So anyway, the first one, people are trying to figure out the money. To, are they going to have enough? Second yep. one, their time. Yep. The third one, a lot of folks are trying to figure out their budget. They're mm. like, oh my gosh, I just don't know if it's going to be enough, John. I just don't know. Well, guys, that's simple. And we're going to go through that here in a second. So trying to figure out the budget number three. And then lastly, some folks have no idea what they're trying to figure out. And that is probably the one that we can avoid almost immediately. Okay. If you don't know what we're trying to figure out, the question is, would you like to hang it up? Would you like to not be forced to go into work tomorrow? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, let's figure out if, if you can't do it tomorrow, if you can't stop tomorrow, when can we do it? A year from now? 19 months? 23 from months? Or would you just like a more confined schedule? Because I talk to people all the time and they're like, John, I just don't know if I can hang it up completely. I'm like, no problem. Right. Let's talk about what you would like. Right. And one of the concepts that I came up with is essentially five day weekends and only work, you know, two days a week or maybe three days a week. Okay. Where you maybe only work a Tuesday and a Wednesday, but you're, you're off every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So you basically two days on, five days off. Basically the exact opposite of most of our work lives. And that gives people a good amount of freedom. Some people that can do consulting work, they yeah. find this to be really attractive. Yeah. And maybe they even separate it. They work a Tuesday, off on a Wednesday, work on a Thursday, just two days a week. And sometimes they can generate money. But Heather, what I typically find, though, is that it's one or a combination of those four issues. Okay. So let's attack those real quick. Yep. Because this is the biggest thing. We want to figure out how do we fix this. So number one, if you're worried about not having enough money, that has nothing to do with it. How much money can you pull from what you've saved? That's the bigger issue. Are you thinking that you can pull 3% a year from that? 4%, 5%, 6%? No, some of the more attractive the designs that we have found, if someone feels like they've undersaved, you could potentially pull 7 or 8% a year from what you've saved. So Heather, let me give you an idea. Yeah. If you were with your current advisor and he says, hey, you can pull about 4% from your, your bucket of money. Mm-hmm. So if you've saved half a million bucks, $500,000, you get 20 grand a year. Okay. Well, that's okay. Yeah. But that's, you're a half a millionaire and you've, you can only pull 20 grand a year. There are other strategies where you could potentially double that amount of money and not have to save another penny. Now, would that get you closer to being retired if you could pull $40,000 on that same amount of money? Probably. See, guys, this is what we need to find out. So yeah. figuring out the money isn't complicated. You just got to figure out what do we want to achieve. Okay. Now, if we're trying to figure out our time, now, guys, this is simple. Figure out what are the things that you love doing on a daily basis that you don't get to do on a daily basis and write those down. Especially guys, I know you say, well, I'm going to go play a lot of golf. Uh, I got a lot of guys that said that. <laughs> and they, they can't get Ralph and, and Morty and Stan to go play with them five right, days a right. week because they get other commitments from their honey-do lists yep. or their fishing buddies or their whatever. So w- if you think you're going to do that five, six, seven days a week, there's a possibility you could. But most of us, you're going to need three or four things. You're going to want to separate your schedule into three or four things that you can spend a few hours a day doing that. And I don't care if you just love watching matinees. I don't care if you want to uh, revise and edit someone's manuscripts before they get published. Mm. It's all cool. Mm-hmm. But you want to be able to figure out how you're going to spend that time seven days a week when you're only accustomed to having two days a week. Got okay. It. Yep. Now, the third one, budget. Budget's easy. Budget is the easiest one, although it's a dirty word. Budget's <laughs> the easiest one. Look at the last one year of expenses that come out of your bank account and look at what you spend on a monthly basis. Chances are you're going to need about that much money. I don't care what it says. If you think that, oh my goodness, honey, we have a household income of 150,000, but I think we only need 50 grand. Uh, 
think again. Chances are, if you have a $150,000 household income, you're probably putting money in your 401k. You're paying uh, money for your health insurance. Yep. You're doing all these things. But when you look at the net spendable, you're probably going to spend about the same net spendable every single month. Sure. So the simplest thing to do is pull that budget. By the way, make it easier. If you just have the copy of those statements, give them to our team, and our team will tell you exactly what you're spending, what's discretionary, what's not. And you can then know exactly what your budget should be. Okay. Very easy to solve Got for it. that. Yep. And lastly, if you don't know what you're trying to figure out, you need help. And by the way, help is not a four-letter word. It's not a dirty word like people think. Help just simply means you're in a place where you can do better, but you just need guidance. You just need someone that has wisdom and expertise. And I'm not even implying that's us. But I'm telling you, we may be the starting point for you today so that you can get out of that fear factor, out of that confusion factor, and start figuring out one of those other things you want to work on. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the one thing I'll tell you, Taylor Swift makes a ton of money. And she may do that for the next 40 years, 50 years. We don't even know that. But many of you have also made a ton of money. And all we have to do is craft the right strategy to get you where you want. It shouldn't be about fear. It should be about passion and what you want to do with your time. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Begin the conversation about your savings plan with John and the team at J. Hagen Capital by visiting retirementsolutionradio.com. Be sure to listen to John's radio show, The Retirement Solution, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 840 WHAS. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if J. Hagen Capital Inc. is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. It does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Jonathan Hicks. Insurance license number 548962.